Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I've been blessed enough in my life to meet individuals who've been able to leave me clues on my journey to success. The goal of this show is to bring you the experience of those who have achieved great things and allow you to be a fly in the wall, soaking up clues for your own journey to success. go right into your book but first i want to read the four because i feel like that was a uh, that was pretty solid so travis brown is one of the most booked motivational keynote speakers and highly sought out their marketing and business coaches in america travis has delivered over 2,000 motivational presentations 2,000 <laughs> that's impressive um with his success principles producing results in fortune 500 companies small businesses sales professional and nfl teams uh, for the last 18 years, and he doesn't look a day over 21, yeah. so that, that's kind of uh, impressive. For the last 18 years, Travis has spent his career in sales, executive management, consulting, business ownership, and training. Today, Travis spends his time utilizing his decade of mortgage experience to lead the development of a retail mortgage lending division. Travis grew up in a small Midwestern town of Lafayette, Indiana. Boiler up, boiler yes, up. Yes, sir. Also a uh, uh, Bullmaker, that's right. Alumni um, raised by a hardworking single mother and a factory working father, Travis and his wife Bree maintain a passion for serving their community and are used to this nation with their nonprofit foundation, the You Make a Difference Foundation. Yeah, I would like to welcome in Mr. Travis Brown. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> mojo up, mojo up, mojo up. <laughs> yeah, man. So if you don't know. Um, Travis used to speak at school, so those yeah. two thousand speaking engagements. A lot of those was in school, mm-hmm. Quite a and you and, and you create this concept called Mojo Up. What, yeah. what does Mojo Up mean? You know, I was uh, I was actually in the corporate arena, and you know, you, you meet people, Gary, that have well, something different about them. They have a they have an energy, they have an aura, and you know, the more I study people like that, I'm like. Why is it that some people are successful and other people fail? Like, what is the difference? And, you know, so we started talking about it being the it factor. Right. And so when I was thinking about a brand or a position, I'm like, I can't run around the country talking about it. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, what's, the, what's, a, what's a sexy word that I can create some meaning behind? And so I started calling it the mojo. Right. And then it turned into the mojo factors were a set of principles. And then I started talking about, well, what happens when you have the mojo, meaning, you know, the highest level of positive attitude, energy, excitement, enthusiasm, purpose, passion, all of that. Like, what happens when you have it, and now it's time for you to teach it to other people? So then we created the Mojo Up, which was the call to action piece. So wow. it, it was just a way that I could articulate that there are certain things that successful people do mm-hmm. that other people don't. It's kind of like your whole idea, right? Success leaves clues, right. and that was kind of my version of it back in the day. Nah, that's sweet, man. That's awesome. And and it's crazy because we're talking about right now building your personal brand. And I think that mojo up, it it just speaks to it, right? I mean, um, your your attitude a lot of times determines your altitude. Absolutely. So the mentality that you have usually determines the the type of success you're going to have on the back end because when people are looking at who they want to be involved with, they want to be involved with people who has that it factor, that has that mojo, and they want to be surrounded. Winners want to be surrounded by winners. And and the thing about this is a lot of times we meet people, like we're just attracted to them, Mm -hmm. and we we don't really know what it is. So, like, what is it 
that when I got around Gary Brackett sitting down in the dugout, I'm like, that dude has something. Right. Or it, uh, it could have been the fact that I was the MVP of the game, <laughs> seven RBIs. Yeah. That that could have been that. But uh. <laughs> I don't know. That was debatable. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I got a couple good runs in me, you know. But uh, but you know, it's like you get around people, and then they have something, and then the question becomes. If you're trying to go someplace yourself, mm-hmm. like, how do you duplicate that? How do you put the right people around yourself that ultimately lead you to be successful? And I think, you know, that's what I've done over, over the course of my life is figured out how to get in with influencers, yeah. you know, how to add value to people, how to, how to give a little bit of something that other people aren't willing to give so I could be around people that are moving, shaking, and doing things so I could learn and grow myself. I think what attracted me to you, and I think um – and again, this is a great clue. What attracts a lot of people to me, the first time I meet someone, our first interaction, I want to be on the giving end of something. Mm-hmm. Right? So I want to add value first. Yeah. And I think when you have that type of relationship, because so many people come at us takers. and want a relationship and they're takers. What yep. can I get from you? Yep. Right? How can I meet my bottom line? And they don't think about it like my, my whole mentality is the if I help people get closer to their goals, I will automatically get closer to mine. Mm-hmm. So I'm always one to, to, to be on the giving end on, um, rather than the receiving end. Absolutely. And because of that, it kind of – so I think that's what we really two peas in a pod in that regard. And um, you, you don't see it often. Well, you know, I had a coach uh, years ago that taught me that when you want to get in, especially with celebrity people um, and, and influencers, you know, businessmen and women that are successful – like if you come to them with your hand out, cause that's what most people do. Right. Like they want to hitch up to somebody else to get something from them. Sure. And, I, and I learned a long time ago, listen, figure out what I have a value mm-hmm. and go serve people. Yeah. Because the more I can serve people, the more I can share my knowledge. All of a sudden people are like, man, this dude is, he's not like everybody else just trying to get something from me. Right. Right. Like he came to give me something. And, and you know, he, he always shows me this piece of paper. He always says, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta turn it over like this and you gotta come in yeah. serving yeah. people. And not how most people do it. And so that's just always been one of my strategies to, to create relationships with people is asking the question, how can I serve with my talents mm-hmm. and, and add value to their life some way? I, I believe it's uh, – well, I know it's in a good book. It talks about the greatest among us is serve. Mm-hmm. And, and, and anybody has the propensity to be great because anyone has the ability to serve. To serve. So there's that mentality. Um, so that's great. So where where did you develop that at? So where, where did that come from? Like Lafayette, Indiana. It's it's a um, it, it's pretty much a blue collar town, right? Yeah, got a lot of factories. So how, where know, did you develop you know, that mentality? My, my journey over the years has been, um, you know, growing up as a uh, I'm a biracial child, I got a white mom and a black dad. And I went to a school that have a lot of people look like me. Right. And so I was always searching for. Um, people out there that I felt like were successful in doing something amazing. And I always wanted to be that. Um, I didn't know how to be that at an early age. And even through my football career as an athlete, you know, I didn't, I didn't, there, there's a gift there, but once you get done playing football, your sport or your life, you have to ask yourself like now, now what am I going to do? Who am I going to, who am I going to be? And so I started looking to people out there that were successful and I could connect with some mentors, and I started learning, like, okay, it's funny we're having this conversation, but successful people, like, they truly do leave, leave clues. Like, there yeah. are things that they do, and one of the things that I learned early on was going, if you serve people, and you come around, and you just try to figure out, you know, to listen, to learn, to add value, at some point in time, people start asking you, well, well, what do you want, or what do you need, sure. or what can I do for you? And then you start learning that, and you go, okay, if every person I meet 
my goal is to provide value to them, it, it changes the game. Right. And, and if you read good, really good books, if you read good sales material, good marketing people, good coaches, they're all going to be able to tell you some of that in, at some level. Yeah, no, that's great. I, th- I think it's when I was playing, I tried to make myself like invaluable, mm-hmm. right? You, you could not replace me, right. not only because of my, my play on the field, but my, 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 my servant mentality in the community, my ability to lead, mm-hmm. you know, other people. Um, the type of teammate I was. Yep. So when you were getting, you know, me as an athlete, as a teammate, uh, you weren't just getting an athlete, right? You weren't just getting a football player. You was getting so much more. And I think that's how I was able to create value in a very unique sport like football and, and you know, do pretty good for myself. Nine years, all with Indianapolis Colts, two contracts, one Super Bowl. Um, obviously, we lost one. Um, money. But, but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, man, I was blessed. And, and it was because I had the mentality that, you know what, when um, – Younger guys would come in. I, I would I would share with them all the information because my mentality was I'm a, I'm going to continue to learn. Right. So what I'm giving you is what I knew last year. Right. Like if you if you don't know me from six months ago, I'm a totally different person because I've learned and grown so much from that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people have to develop that mentality if they want to be successful to continue to learn, continue to grow, continue to build their brain. Well, let me ask you this, Gary, because something I learned a long time ago was the giver mentality mm-hmm. um, uh, from an abundance position. A lot of people, I feel like, make a mistake going, I don't want to share what I know. Uh, Pastor Johnson, he always say, you get all you can, can all you get, and poison the rest, right? But some people have that negative mentality, but you didn't have that with, with young guys coming up. You weren't fearful yeah. of, of losing. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make, and I was just blessed to pick that up going, I'll share everything that I know. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there because I, I believe that that ultimately returns good things. Uh, absolutely. And, and for me, I think uh, one of the goals of my life, right, and I, I, and I write this in my book, Winning from Walk on the Captain, um, Football and Life, but my last chapter I talked about uh, finishing the race. Mm-hmm. And, and every quarter of the race of life that I finish, I wanted to be better, right, faster, more successful than a quarter previously, right? Mm-hmm. So if I live till I'm 80 years old, my first 20 years, 20 to 40, 40 to 60, what does that look like? So how do I get better? Well, how I get better as I age is not going to be all my success. Mm-hmm. It's going to be other people that I touch and other people that I grab and I bring along with me, right? And then you look at the exponential power of not my success, but mm-hmm. 10 to 15, 20 people that are under my umbrella. When you look at our, our yeah. success, right, that's when we win. And I, and I think that's the mentality that I always had. Um, it just like I said, just give back as much as I can, pull uh, enough people with me, and then ultimately, you know, finish finish every quarter faster than the, the one previous. I like that quarter setup right there. I'm out the segment. The problem is, I'm in that. I'm already in. The, I'm in. The, I'm here edging the third quarter now. You yeah, know? yeah. How <laughs> are you? Forty. Forty one. Forty one. Wow, uh-huh. baby face. I know, man. I, I it's, hey, I, I don't even get carded anymore. So, you know. <laughs> But no, nah, that's awesome. Yeah. So 41. So married, yep. three yep. children. How, yeah. how old are your kids? Yeah. I, you know, I got a beautiful wife um, and I uh, got three amazing kids. I have a two year old, a four year old and a 16 year old. Wow. So I'm in that uh, dealing with a 16 year old daughter. Girl boy. Girl. Wow. She's sophomore or she's sophomore in, in high school. And I'm telling you right now, I traveled the country for years uh, talking about uh, student leadership, youth, anti-bully and all that stuff. I, I tell you right now. You could talk about it, but until you're experiencing it, until you're going through it with your kid, you know, it's yeah. – and, and I have a great kid. I mean, she's she's awesome. She's amazing. But uh, the emotions of a 14-year-old girl. And then you, t- you pair that with a 4-year-old, 
yeah. and a two-year-old. And man, some days I, my wife and I, we just look at our head. We just, we just, we just shake our heads and laugh, bro. That's it, all we can do. It, it's funny. So we, we, uh, me and my wife, um, we have three kids as well. And I, I always thought that three kids, because my wife wants more kids. Um, I grew up in a family of five, so I know what kind of work it takes. <laughs> um, but I think with three kids, you really have the ability to have a one-on-one relationship with each individual kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very helpful because when they get to that 16, when they get to that age, you can have that conversation. And when I was growing up, when I it was five of us, so it was just like, you, 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 get in the car and come with us. <laughs> so it wasn't a lot of one-on-one, right? Like, did we get everybody? Did we get everybody? <laughs> exactly, right? So, um, yeah. so that's why I kind of like where I'm at right now. And it just, um, it's funny because I hear people talk about their, their kids and their school system and what they're dealing with. And I'm like, that, that's not, like, Everywhere in the country, there's drugs in schools. Yep. There's bullying. There, yep. There's all types of, you know, underage drinking. Absolutely everything. You, you know, there's drugs. There's sex. All these things, like, your, your child is not immune to it, and they're, and they're not unique. However, if you're proactive and not reactive, mm-hmm. meaning having those uncomfortable conversations with your child. Very uncomfortable. But, but <laughs> putting them on game. Yeah. So then when they hear about it in school, it's not the first time they heard about right. it. And someone's not going to convince, you know, he or she that this is cool, right? No, they heard from 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 who they're supposed to, their parents. Absolutely. I, I spoke, um, gosh, it's been years ago. Jamie Foxx hired me to speak at his daughter's school. Wow. And so I'm in L.A. Um, you know, at the time, Kendall Jenner, Kylie mm-hmm. Jenner were at the same school. And I'm doing this presentation. And, of course, the news came out. And NBC LA is there. And, and Jamie's on camera talking about it. And he said, you know, people got problems from the hood to the White House. And he, yeah. said, he said that in true Jamie Foxx fashion, right? And I learned that a long time ago that um, our kids in America, all of them are at risk. Right. Different risk, higher risk, but they're all, all our kids are at risk. And, you know, having those conversations is a part of leadership. And I, I really approach um, leading my family the same way I lead, you know, clients, the way I lead our, our team. And that is going, you know what, I'm going to set an example. I'm going to set an expectation. I'm going to give you the tools and the resources to achieve that. And I'm going to coach you through so that you can become successful. And there's no greater challenge that you ever face than marriage and kids. Right. And so I heard somebody say, man, if you if your leadership isn't right at home, don't export it. All right. You know, so we spend a lot of time trying to get that thing right at home. And, you know, my wife's amazing. My kids are awesome. But it, it, these conversations are definitely real. My my daughter hoodwinked me this year. Uh, uh, she uh, she wanted to go to the um, uh, the, the Starboy concert to see your boy Abel. Um, and uh, I wasn't that big on listening to all his lyrics and all that kind of stuff. And so there I was, so I'm like, all right, I'm taking my daughter. We're going to go to the concert, you know, uh, and, and there we were listening to the stuff. Like, do you understand the lyrics that are coming out of your mouth? Right. And, you know, and I was having that dad moment, like, do I, am I cool with this? Are we vibing or do I need to have a timeout? And so we let it ride that day. We had a great time, but the next day I had to say, listen, listen, baby girl, you yeah, know, right. uh, understand that what these lyrics are, are meant for, what they're trying to do to your mind. And it's a tough balance to be cool, dad, uh, to be understanding and provide discipline. But, you know, in, in the work environment as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, that's the same struggle that we face every single day sure. is, you know, how do I continue to lead? Because that's what you did with the Colts. Right. That's what you're doing in your organizations now. You know, how do I develop myself as a leader? And what are the clues that I can learn from over time to be able to, to, to do that well? Right, right. So that's an important point, um, being able to enjoy the concert mm-hmm. and then have that conversation. 
um, and not. I think so many people have the wrong approach that they're just gonna hide the concept from them or not expose it to them, <laughs> right? And then they graduate and go to college, and then you know we all know how that turns out. Oh, I mean, the, the concert is full of seventeen thousand, uh, you know, uh, teenagers, right. you know, that are concerts singing every single lyric to every sure. stuff that makes a grown father cringe. Yeah. And, and they don't know all the words. So they are not word. They're so not they there. know the words of the song, oh. but they don't know the meaning. Yeah, what they, here's what's interesting is, is many of the kids, they don't understand the influence right. that the lyrics have on their decision-making process. You know, uh, several years ago, I had this conversation with my daughter about Drake. I, I'm a big Drake fan. I love his music. But, but a lot of the music that's out there... It, it's it's making you think a certain way, especially for our young women, like that you have to be this, you have to do this, you have to. Right. I mean, it's a whole line of line line of of challenging questions and situations. But the the point was, I had to have those tough conversations to say, you got to understand what this is trying to make you think and feel, and the position is trying to make you put yourself in, and we got to be above that. And as fathers, we got we got to have those tough conversations with our kids. Right now, that's great. Um, a good friend of mine. Um, attorney here in town, Drew Myroff, he, t- he told me, he tells his kid in some situations, like, some decisions you can't, you don't get to make twice. Mm. Right? So, right. Drinking and driving. Yep. Um, unprotected sex. Yep. Right? Saying the wrong thing on any type of social media. Right? That's um, so true. So many decisions that you make as a young child, you, you don't get a second chance at making mm-hmm. it. So he tries to tell them that on the front end, being proactive and not on the back end. So um, it just, I mean, we all have a personal brain, but I think one of the biggest compliments to us as parents is our children. Right. So talking about our, the children, their personal brands. So w- what are some of the things that you kind of talk to your child about social media or yeah. attitude? Well, so here's a challenge. So social media is here, here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. So to suggest that we're not going to allow our kids to, you know, to, to deal with it and, and, and live with it is just, this doesn't make much sense. But here's why I always told my daughter. First rule was, like, she couldn't get social media until she was 13 because yeah. that's the legal age. I couldn't be running around the country talking about that, and my kids have it. So we started with that. The second thing we did was when she got social media at age 13, we limited what she could do. So she got Twitter and she got Instagram because uh, Snapchat, boy, it's, it's a whole different ballgame, <laughs> right? Um, but then it was, okay, then she graduated into, well, okay, we can't keep it from her forever. So then she had a Snapchat. And like many parents, I mean, it consumed her. You know, the, uh, the, the narcissistic, you know, taking a thousand photos of herself a day and, t- you know, and sending them out. Crazy, right? But at the end of the day, here's what I teach is that you're going to have a digital footprint. Mm-hmm. It's going to follow you. What you put out, what you say. I mean, you know, I'm interviewing for some positions right now at our company. The first place I go is I go to their social media. And I start stalking their social media to figure out what kind of messaging are they putting out there. And so I'm trying to relay that to kids, my own kids at this time, that you can use it, you know. But the moment you're trying to hurt, harm, or humiliate people, you've gone too far. And remember everything that you put out there, you know, it's going to stick with you. I mean, think about the elections and the process that we went through this last past year. They were bringing up some old stuff that people had put out five, ten years ago that now they're putting back in your face. And so we live in a world in a society that you got to be careful with that because, you know, I think years ago you could get away with that. And now what you said on camera one day, the video that you made, sure. uh, what you thought was just for you and your homeboy or your girl or somebody it's else. All fair game. It is all fair game. It's nothing is off limits. And so we got to, we got to teach that, but here's the key. I, I have to say this, but as parents, 
we teach our kids how to treat other kids. Mm -hmm. Like, like, so you can't have the same conversation with your kids about how they got to take care of your stuff. And then you're putting people on blast on social media. I, I always say it's not, not, it's not about your opinion being right or wrong. It's how you handle what your opinion is because you're modeling it for other people. And in the workplace, we, we got and, and from a leadership perspective, it's the same we, thing. We got to do the same thing. Yeah, it, it's funny. I always uh, say this quote to my management team, and also at the house: "Is the speed of the leader determines the rate of the pack. Mm. The speed of the leader determines the rate of the pack." So that's the tweet that right yeah, there. Yeah, as the leader goes, so does the pack. So I'm always conscious about the decisions I make, uh, what I say, how I say, the voice inflections, mm-hmm. um, just my work ethic. Yeah, you know, I feel like if you're the leader, you should be the hardest worker. Right. Yeah, I dictate and I, and, and I get, you know, delegate and I get people to kind of get some stuff um, that needs to get organized and done. Um, but I feel like I'm, I could work right there alongside them uh, while we accomplish those goals. So we're going to take a little break. Second half of the show. I want to talk about the book, Your Next Deal, the four <laughs> keys to your next deal and many more. Travis Brown, international marketing and business development coach. Here with us today on Success Leads Clues. The Stacked Pickle wants to serve you the trifecta, wings, burgers, and beers. But that's not all they have on the menu. The Stacked Pickle also features a full bar, pizza, tenderloin, pasta, and more. Once you stack, you won't go back. Indy's number one neighborhood restaurant and sports bar. Online at stackpickle.com. Cool. Back to you live with my man, Travis Brown. Your next deal, the four keys to your next deal, and many more. Yeah. what made you want to write the book, man? I know it's very exciting. Uh, I think, is this your first book or second book? How many books? Uh, I, I got a couple other books that are out there. A lot of my stuff is in the, in the education sector, more for okay. leadership, built for uh, the, the school world. But, you know, one of my new ventures in, in, in getting back into the mortgage business and, and doing some stuff, running the teams and dealing with real estate agents and builders and financial advisors and, you know, all that kind of people. You know, I, I acquired a lot of knowledge in my speaking world. And in the speaking business, we kind of have a saying that, um, everybody has a passion, mm-hmm. uh, but if you can't find a way to get on the stage, you can't share your passion. Right. So you have to figure out the business side of the speaking business, or you don't get to tell the story what you're passionate about. And so, like when, when I got into this world, I'm thinking, you know, I met a lot of a lot of people that just don't know how to create a personal brand. Uh, they they don't they couldn't figure out how to position themselves to be successful in the business side of it. And so I started interviewing a lot of people in the sales environment, like, Hey, what's your biggest challenge? Which here's a, here's a tip. Uh, go find out what the biggest pain points are and then create something to solve it. And so this book is a, is a solution to the pain point of I wake up every day trying to figure out where my next deal coming from. Right. And so I, and here's the funny thing, Gary, is I, I created all these cool little topics and these cool ideas to come up with from a title. My coach is like, why are you trying to come up with all this crazy stuff? Why don't you just call it the solution, your next deal? Yeah. And it was kind of like, wow, like how simple is that? Even in my own head, forgetting the same kind of stuff. So uh, it's, it's been an awesome book, though. And, and it's amazing because I glanced at it, and um, obviously you're, you're talking to um, realtors because you're in the mortgage industry, but this applies to anyone in a sales organization. Oh, absolutely. I mean, some of these principles and, and the four keys are positioning, partnerships, presentation and next, right? What's your next deal? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole idea was there's a, there's the, the key components is you got to figure out how to position yourself different in the marketplace. Right. Uh, strategic partners are, are just crucial. 
how are you going to promote and do the, all the promotion, all the marketing stuff around it, and then you got to have a presentation. And, and what I figured out is most people jump into the promotion side, try to quote-unquote brand without the right positioning or the partnerships, and then they're frustrated because it can't give them the results they wanted. So this book just provides so many strategies, quick and easy ones that you can adapt for whatever business that you're in. Right. So uh, under the first one, under positioning, um, something that, that say it and believe it. I think it, it's, a mad, it's amazing to me the positive and negative self-talk that we all have. Absolutely. And, and even when we're goal setting, so many times um, people don't want to set that 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 hack right? Mm-hmm. That big, hairy, audacious goal. Oh, I'm going to close two goals. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. Well, you closed four last month. How, <laughs> yeah. how, how is your goal two? Yeah. Like, where, where are we at with this? This should be eight, right? Mm-hmm. We should be doubling. And I think people are unwilling to challenge themselves, so they try to talk down. But say it and believe it. Yeah, it's for them to believe what what, what they're gonna, what kind of goal they're gonna set for themselves. Well, and, and a part of the whole positioning and your own personal brand is saying where. Who do I want to be? I always take people through a process. I'm like, you know, who are you? What's important to you? And what do you want to be? And a lot of pushback I used to get, Gary, was, well, I'm not that person yet. Yeah. And so, you know, the chapter was really about saying, that's cool. Say it. Believe it. Convince yourself that you are it so that when you start talking to people, they, they can believe it. But so many of us, we don't believe in ourselves. And so we wonder why other people don't believe in us. It starts with us, you know. But, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. And then I just I skipped to uh, chapter fifteen, and we t- we shared about this before. Yeah. Serve first and ask second. Absolutely, I I just I I love it when you're trying to get in with people. Um, and I say get in with people, meaning if you're in a sales arena, you're trying to win that trust. You're, you're trying to you're trying to get through a front door to get to somebody to win business. We always say you got to know people, got to know you, like you, right. trust you. And try you, and so part of that is letting people realize that you bring something different to the table. And so, so one of the easiest ways to do that is just to to come with a how do I make their life better? How do I add value? And I think when you reframe stuff that way, it changes instantly your ability to connect with people. It's amazing. In in our business, um, I'm the owner of Stack Pickle Restaurant, uh, Bracket Restaurant Group. We own Stack Pickle, Char Blue. Also uh, have ownership of Prodigy Burger Bar. Um, but from the stack pickle side, we're in this huge growth initiative in franchising. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I'm trying to sell a, a franchise or convince someone to possibly put down their life savings <laughs> yep. on, on this business, I can't just on the first, very first phone call, get right into sell, 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 right? I, I got to have a relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you? Because not, not only, and so many people, it's funny, they think that I'm selling them a franchise. No, you're, you're also selling me right. that you're worthy of being on the team. Absolutely. Right? Because it's a two-way street, but it's, a, it's amazing when you're dealing with selling a house, selling a business, whatever that is, is that that connection has to be there mm-hmm. because I think, oh, no, people like to do business with people that they like. Absolutely. And having that personal relationship with them, how's your kids doing, where's your family, what's your mentality, all those things are very helpful. So I think uh, whether it's me selling franchises at buildthepickle.com uh, <laughs> or, like or it. you uh, selling mortgages to a multitude of uh, uh, realtors, for you, it's just not selling a mortgage. You're selling an experience. You're adding value. You're teaching them how to sell. You're, you're doing way over just being in a place where they could, you know, park their loans at. No, I, I think that when you step back and you try to figure out your value proposition for your life, for who you are, and for the impact that you want to make, um, 
uh, for somebody like me, I'm a high D. So on the disc profile, like right. I'm a driver, like I'm, I'm, I'm go, go, go. The, the process to go through things like this, to know, like, trust, try, is difficult for me. And that's why I think a lot of things you have to do in business have to be strategic, especially around your personality strengths and weaknesses, so that I can I can develop that. Or I would have met you the first time and been like, hey, sitting in the dugout with you the very first time I meet you, like, all right, dude, I got this event coming up in a couple of years. Uh, I need you. I need to put you on. You got to be my speaker. Yeah. And, and 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 in my head, I may see those things. I'm trying to get myself to slow down and be patient. You know, uh, we were talking the other day. Uh, and we were talking about some clues, and one of the one of the biggest clues of my life is learning patience mm. and, and learning how to uh, slow play things. You know, like the our, our old grandparents used to say, "Look, you can't microwave everything, yeah. right? You got to put some stuff in a crock pot, and you got you got to let it slow let cook, it cook, right?" And 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 that's a that's a hard thing for me to do. But the older I get, the more I'm able to do that, and the more valuable my relationships are, the more people connect and engage. And I think it's probably been one of those things that's helped me more than anything else is learning to have that patience of the process. Right. Uh, it comes to mind to me, um, obviously in the restaurant industry, um, when we make our dishes, right, um, we have these recipe books that you're supposed to make every dish with. And sometimes people sk- skip the recipe book and try to do it off memory. Mm. And most of the times when they do That's that, the process. <laughs> they miss an important ingredient. Right, so try to make a batch of cookies and don't use flour or milk. Right, <laughs> that's me cooking right there. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but but the results are disastrous, mm. and it, and it's just in our life. A lot of the things that we that we do, especially in the sales cycle, it's a process. And when we try to microwave it instead mm-hmm. of putting it in a crock pot, that process it, it usually messes things up. Yeah, in, in, in the restaurant business, how, I'm just out of curiosity, like how do you? create the environment that people don't do that like i mean like it's a formula sure you know there's a reason why you're doing it how do you how do you sell it to your people i think for me i, I just always talk about consistency is key hmm. um i can remember uh coach dungy would always talk about um we, we weren't very um flashy we weren't a lot of trick plays right um <laughs> it was no passes getting thrown to paint manning right <laughs> so it wasn't a lot of that um but what he said we're consistent we're gonna do what we do better than the other people do what they do and the restaurant industry is the mm. same thing. Like when someone comes to inside of our restaurant, I want them to have uh, the same experience. And we pride ourselves on trying to give legendary service. And it starts in the back of the house. Mm-hmm. When the, or, or it starts at the hostess desk, yeah. right? Then the servers and directions in the back of the house. But we want them to be consistent. There, there's a time and place. Like we have LTO menus throughout the year, limited time offer menus. We can get creative and do something on your own, and sure. maybe that makes sense for our list. But when someone wants a mobster, which is a burger with cheese and, and mushrooms, I, that's what they want. They don't right. want bacon on it, right? They, don't <laughs> want to, they want what the spec calls hey. for, and like we and, and we give our people the ability to push it back. If if our servers should know our menu, our manager should know our menu, and if you run an expo and there's something that comes up and it doesn't look like that doesn't look right, we send it back. Right, and we want we, we want to send well, out what people. You, I'm not standing back when I'm at Stack Pickle. Are those pickles? <laughs> those fried pickles are the truth. No man, doubt, I, they are they are definitely the truth. No, I appreciate <laughs> that's, that's our namesake, man. We had to have with a name like Stack Pickle. I just feel like we had to have great pickles. Yeah, so, they, they, uh, they do it for sure. Yeah, we definitely accomplished that. So so it's um, we're gonna skip ahead, and I think this is chapter 28. Uh, no no no, um, chapter 24, and this is something that we don't always say in football. It's this whole no- notion of Look good, feel good, play good. <laughs> if you play good, then they, they pay, pay good, good. <laughs> right? And 
and for us, it was our uniform, right? right? It was, it was. I wanted to have my my cleats spatted. I wanted to have my wristbands on. I didn't want them too thick because it was gonna look bulky. The ratio to my muscle versus the so I was gonna cut the wristband in half. So we had all that, right? But for you, and I think one thing that you kind of helped me with for my personal branding and get my website redone, 21st century, yep. and just all your marketing material. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's in, in the progression, um, you got to have the right positioning to brand. But once you have the right p- positioning for your market, then you got to look the part. And you know, that's, a, that's an old quote from Deion Sanders talking about looking good and feeling good and getting paid good. Uh, the challenge that I see for a lot of people is they don't represent what they say they want to be. And then there's a disconnect. Yeah. Then there's all of a sudden like, well, you're, you must not be that. Because your picture doesn't look like that, sure. or your your video doesn't look like that, or your website doesn't look like that. You know, um, I had one of my assistants that handed me a resume the other day that said, uh, "A bad grammar, a good resume," and and I, I'm not I'm I, listen. I am not the grammar dude by any means. Uh, yeah, me. Either. My stuff is jacked up, but I have enough sense that if I'm sending my resume to want to job get a job or an opportunity, like I got to have somebody clean it up. You know, like back in the old days in, in college, it was like, like I could go to study tables and have them check all my stuff. Yeah. They mark it all up, and I could fix it and take it back to them. If I did that three or four times, I could get a good grade, right? Exactly, but <laughs> it's know? a process. But the, the process of just putting yourself in, in the best light forward. In today's environment, you know, even the way that you operate your social media, uh, what your headers look like, your page looks like, your all your shots, like invest a little bit of money for whatever you're doing to make sure you look the part because you're also going to feel good and know that you can deliver in that case as well. Well, and, and I agree with the uniforms too. Man, yeah. Just something about just having having a right. Man, look, at, look, look, look like you can look at some uh, people right and be like they're balling. And, 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 and any industry yep. in football, you can look yep. at a player and be like, yeah, he should be nice. Yeah, he, and, and sometimes he's not. He's but, not. <laughs> but but conversely, like in the business, like and, and this is one thing I try to pride myself on, like is your your appearance. Yeah. Right. Do you have a haircut? Yeah. Are, are you? Um, did Did you get your teeth cleaned? Right. right? Did you get your nails done? Right. All, all this stuff. People are judging us before we before we walk in, right. and so many people take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 some people have success without doing those things, but I'm telling you, people are judging you the minute that you walk into a situation. That's why they say, "Don't judge a book by the cover," because that's what we do. It, exactly. We, we look at the outside, yeah. and we're going to make a determination. Which I'm going to put you on the spot. Going, I need a pair of signed Gary Brackett cleats. You know, sure. Really get some of those. Robert, I got some from Robert already. So, oh, oh I, you want some? Oh, yeah. I mean, I need. You know, I, I, I got to check the uh, the board chest. He might go. Yeah, he might go in the there, ball. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. The one thing I took for granted when I was playing was just all that, all those oh, assets. Right, mm-hmm. and when I was playing, I was giving it to people, and now I'm looking left. My kids like, "Dad, you got a jersey?" I'm like, "Uh." You're like, uh. <laughs> "I hope I do. I hope I saved you one." But I, I, I did go ball, out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did go out and buy them. So the only pair of cleats I got is the Super Bowl Forty One cleats that I have. Oh, it's still got a little bit of confetti I, on them. I, I, don't, I don't know if you can get those. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. You can just give me next year. This summer we play in a softball game, right? I will give you those. Whatever cleats. you're gonna wear, and just you. take those off. You know, sign them up for me, <laughs> your, your boy. So, so right along with, um, I think looking good. I think one thing that is a that's huge now in any business is social media magic. Yeah. And and I think um, some people are like, oh, well, I don't know social media. So no, you have to learn if you, you if you're serious about business, if you're serious about sales, you have to learn social yeah. media. So here's a simple rule I give everybody, um, real simple: be someone somewhere doing something. 
Right. You know, like when you do that, you, you start to position yourself because that's because that's what it is. I think Nick Foles uh, said it best that, you know, social media is a highlight reel. Yeah. But there's a lot of failure happening around it that we don't often see. Sure. Which I love to talk about failure, too. But but right now I'm saying that you have to get your mind around being somebody somewhere and something and being able to point out the things that you're doing, because that's what attracts people to us. Now, I'm not saying that you have to want to be that way. I'm just saying from an engagement perspective that you got to do that. Uh, Sunday, I was, watch, I was watching the, the Super Bowl, and I'm like, man, this is a great game. And I knew in my head that this is a perfect time for an engagement. So I did the old post. It's an a, uh, interaction post where you post with a question attached to it because part of Facebook's algorithm is interaction and comments and posts. So I did the whole, you know, isn't Justin Timberlake, it was just the best concert ever. I got a 100 and some comments on it back and forth. Some people saying yay or nay. That, that wasn't really just about that. It was a part of being relevant right. in the moment to what's going on in social media. And there's so many little strategies like that uh, that sometimes you got to do so that you can be a relevant player in social media. No, nah, that's great. Uh, like you said, people are watching and definitely um, have an engagement, right? Oh. Um, the first thing, you know, like you said, when you get an application, you're going to look at all of our social media, their LinkedIn, and see yep. what they have. And stalking them. Yeah. So if they're, if they're gauging this positive engagement, you're like, all right, this is somebody I can yep. wrap my head around. Now, if they're, if they're bashing, you know, the Super Bowl, bashing yep. uh, Justin Timberlake, everything is, is, is crazy. Um, I think a lot of times I look at that and say, man, it seems like it's one common denominator here. The negativity of you. <laughs> and, and that's you. So yeah. I'm going to pass. Uh, so definitely uh, use that to your advantage. And you talked about the algorithms of Facebook and your chapter. Uh, 28 talks about SEO is watching. Yeah. And and when you're in social media, all social media is not created equal. Nope. And every year, or, or probably multiple times a year, they change up the algorithm. All the time. Google Analytics, all that stuff changes. So either you have to be knowledgeable in that space, and they have a bunch of, Udemy is a great tool. They have a, a, a lot of great class, classes on there. Uh, YouTube. You learn everything from YouTube, Oh, uh, yeah. It's amazing. But the other thing, one, invest in your education. And if you, you don't do that, then you should definitely outsource that out. Absolutely. And hire someone who's, who's an expert in that space. I'll tell you this. Uh, when you meet people today, like you could just meet somebody randomly. We all do it. We go Google them. Oh, of like, course. We're going like, I don't see who they are, what they are about, yeah. what they, like we Google people. So first and foremost, Google yourself and see what other people see. And then, then, based upon that, you can decide what strategies you want to employ to try to create a, a bigger base. But people will Google you, so you got you got to decide what content's being put out about you. Yeah. And I think that's that, that is a one of those things that probably is very uh, um, missed by most people. Yeah, that's amazing. It's it's, it's funny. Um, so this week, and and, we, and I shared it uh, with you alone for the process. I've been working on this project for a while, right? So I wrote the book. Uh, we're in the process of now turning it to a movie, yeah. and we had the script, um, and I challenged the team last year, like, hey, we have to turn this script into like a video presentation, right, that you talk about, so then people could think that is real. Yeah. So I want to create a script. I want to create a video, a trailer, a website, so then when we launch it, people can kind of get excited about it. Absolutely. And all that was for that, that engagement. So, so then on Facebook, like, I got so many mentions, comments. I did an article today, got another article coming, got a news story coming out. But all of that was preemptively um, done so that that presence. So then when I go now and pitch investors on finishing the project, 
and they look up Facebook or they look up articles, yeah. it's a bunch of stuff already written on there. Oh, absolutely. And so for them, it's real. It looks awesome, by the way, man. I'm, 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 I appreciate just, just it, man. the trailer, man. I was, got, I was getting yeah, juiced man. up. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's amazing. The guy, Dexter Darden, um, he, he's now become a friend of mine. He's in Maze Runner, so probably one, probably still the number one movie in America. Um, he just did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. But um, I was really proud of how the piece came out. And for me, it's all about legacy. Right and 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 the name bracket. What does it mean? I think Dame Dash at the best. I do this for my last name and not my first. Right. And I think you know the the name bracket. What is that legacy going to mean? Mm-hmm. And by having a, my story being told, um, I think it's really important for me, my children, their children, yeah. children. Uh, so something that I that I really consider with a lot of my decisions making, like how is it going to affect two or three generations, be, you know, be, below me. Yep. And um, we, we have the, the impact influence to do that, so I'm kind of blessed to do that. So Bracket That Movie is where you can find that trailer on our website, man. So check it out. Let us know what you think. I'm very excited about potentially getting that done. I should, I should, hey, can a brother come to the premiere? Oh, I, absolutely. I'm red carpet. Nah. Come to the premiere. That's what I'm talking about. That, that's it, man. <laughs> Obviously, we got to have one here, man. We got to. So Chapter 31, heading yeah. back to his book, I'm here with Travis Brown. Your next deal, the four keys to your next deal. Um, we're talking about the the four keys, um, and that and that third key. I think we talked about uh, presentation, yeah. and we talked about no, no days off. Yeah, you know, uh, the actor uh, Robert Shad uh, actually taught me this. We were at an event, and he was sharing this, and he basically just said, "NDO, no days off." That that basically means the hustle's always on. Right. And and I'm not saying you can't take vacation and enjoy life. Sure. I'm not saying that, but but like when you're on. Like the hustle is on the grind of of what you're passionate about, and and some people think, well, it, it's work, and you're always working. No, I'm always living my passion. Like I'm passionate about helping people achieve their dreams. I'm passionate about the gift that God gave me to teach and train and develop people. So uh, every time I have the opportunity to do that, like I do it. Now, if you want me to fly to, to California to do it, there's a fee associated with that. Of course, <laughs> and yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's large. But I always say to people, listen, you don't pay me to speak; you pay me to travel. Right. And and so when people call me, they say, hey, man, can I come sit on your front porch? We sit on our, my front porch all day long, chop it up and talk about stuff because I love it. And, I, and I'm very passionate about that. So it doesn't seem like work to me. You know, it's hard for me sometimes because I'm trying to balance all that stuff. But when, you, when you're passionate about something, Gary, and you know this with, with, your, with, with building the pickle and, and your restaurants and all your entrepreneur spirit and, and investing in other people and your kids and family, like you just live it and, and it doesn't seem like you're working. It's funny, even when I, I go out to eat to, and I'm on vacation, <laughs> right, I'm looking at service times. I, I order a meal, and I'm looking at my clock to see how long is I can take <laughs> to come out the kitchen, right, just so I can compare to what we're doing, right? I'm looking at their four-wall marketing, right? I'm looking at their Yelp page. What are people saying? How do they respond? So all those things are affecting my decisions, and, I, and I'm enjoying it, but I'm on. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm, but I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to look at those clues. Ooh. Again, to be successful. So it's one of those things, no days off is important, especially as a parent, even on a sick day. Oh. Like uh, our, our um, special teams coach a long time ago, he had this saying, no gas. And no gas, but no one gives a, right? Yeah. So, so figure that, the S part out. I'm sure you guys are very uh, smart there. Clean podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, that, that's it. No, no one cares. Yeah. No, no one gives. All right? And, and I think we had that mentality that, you know, so what, now what? Mm-hmm. Like what's what's what are you gonna do next to kind of you know kind of accomplish your goals? So that's uh, so that's great, man. So chapter forty, I know uh, skipping through a lot of chapters of the book, um, 
And this this is great, man. Celebrating the win. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, you see a lot of people that it appears they can't, they, they can't even they can't enjoy the win, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Bill Belichick is no, notorious for winning the Super Bowl on Sunday and to Monday's press conference. He's already preparing for next year. And, and although I respect that grind, that hustle, that no days off, that's yeah. truly no days off. But you have to take some time to embrace what you what 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 you achieved, what you accomplished, and enjoy it. Enjoy it with your friends, your family. Uh, I, I just think that's 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 huge to be able to come together and celebrate the, the success you have in life. And here's the thing. I'm not talking about Super Bowl level successes because in our daily lives, not all of us are winning the Super Bowl today. Some of us got out of bed today and we can celebrate that. Some of us, you know, we, this, this is a day off drugs and we're celebrating that. Some of us, you know, this is the first day without a family member we've lost and we go on down the list, but it's being able to celebrate the little successes and just have a life full of gratitude. I just think, um, you know, it's a big, it's a big push for me in my world and I've been trying to get there and do more of it myself. It's amazing how so many times we we look at all these big successes, right? For me, it was winning the Super Bowl mm. or for, for building. But we should really focus on every little win because that's that's what it, that's what it takes for you to be successful. Absolutely, right? It's day the little wins. It's the consistent wins that are going to lead to those bigger victories. And if you don't win today, right, and mm. what you're supposed to do, like it's funny every morning. Or every day I, I do a, like a mental check of like wins and losses, right? And 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 wins and losses. So if I wake up in the morning and my alarm clock goes off and I get out of bed, right? That's a win. That's a win, right? If if I go and I get a good workout in, bam, that's another win. If I eat a healthy breakfast, bam, another win, right? If I if I get all my emails checked before I leave the house, right? That's another win, right? So I have all these wins and losses that. That I that I I calculate in my head and I sit, and I sort of celebrate at the end of the day and I mentally think well, oh, well that was a loss I said I was going to email that person I didn't mm-hmm. I said I was going to have that conversation I didn't right I, I said I was going to take my child here and I didn't I said my, me and my wife was going to have this conversation so it's not it's not all about you know the wins but in my mind celebrating when I do get those victories are very important uh, to to living a happy life because they're not always going to be Super Bowl victory wins. Right. But those small, you close your deal. Bam, done. That's a win. That's a win. And, and you talked about in the book celebrating it not only for yourself, but with the people that helped you get there. Yeah. I, I, and, and sometimes in, 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 as a motivational speaker, when you speak or as a writer, I, I'm writing some of these things for me, to be honest with you. Or, <laughs> or I think what happened is God led me to write it so I have what I call an ouch moment, which is when you're talking about it, you're like, man, I'm not very good at that. And, and so, so long I've been in the journey, I've been in the hunt, I've been in the grind, that I haven't taken enough time to enjoy the, the fruits of some of the labors, no, no matter how small, because I'm looking down the road going, it's not the big one yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think this was a part of me building out a, a blueprint to say, we got to stop and celebrate the wins. And also, like for me, you know, with my family, you know, with my wife and kids being able to say, man, you know, this was a milestone for us. And, and pulling your kids in so you set milestones and they can celebrate little things and even big wins. I, this is just a game changer for me, getting to the point where I can mentally uh, celebrate um, the, 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 the individual win before I get to the Super Bowl. Nah, that's great stuff. That's great stuff. So 
Where can they pick up a copy or your next deal, the four keys to your next deal? I know we talked about it before the show. Yeah. Um, and on the beginning of the book, you talk about, because you still do p- uh, motivational speaking now, oh, absolutely. coaching, consulting. Yeah. Um, they're fly out. You have different packages for people to bring you out somewhere, and you have a book. Where, where can they find this information? Yeah, uh, mojoup.com is the, is the home for all my speaking stuff and um, all, all things about me. Um, you know, the truth is I love speaking, and I'm always going to speak, Gary. Uh, I just, I, I'm very passionate about it. Sure. Uh, I'm more selective. You know, when, it, when you got to leave your family, jump on a plane and go, I'm more selective about it. But then coaching people to greatness is just something I'm passionate about. So mojoup.com, uh, Travis at mojoup.com is my email address. Feel free to reach out with any questions for sure. Awesome, awesome. And um, la- last one, um, this is typically how we, we leave the show. Uh, the podcast is called Success Leaves Clues. And, and my mindset is that there, there's always clues that we found in our lives that led to mm-hmm. our success. Um, so when you look back in your life, what is your clue? I think the number one clue for me is that um, failure is not permanent until you quit. Mm-hmm. Failure is not permanent until you quit. That means every single one of us, every single day, are experiencing some levels of failure. And I've always looked at that and said, God didn't do it to me. He's trying to do it through me. Yeah. And, and I got to I gotta press on, pick up myself, and move on to get better, to learn from it, to grow, so that I can not, not just be great for me, be great for other people. And so my, definitely it's, it's, it's being able to conquer the mentality that it's okay to fail forward and often and uh, to, on your way to success for sure. Man, that's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming in, sharing your wisdom with us, man. I (laughs) definitely appreciate that. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Success leaves clues with your man, Gary Brackett, Travis Brown. Go check out his book, Your Next Deal, The Four Keys to Your Next Deal, mojoup.com. Come back and join us next week. And as always, you can follow us at GaryBrackett.com and find out more information on what we got going on. Brackett.movie is, of course, the movie um, where that's housed that with the trailer. Promotional video. I'm trying to get that shot this summer. We're very excited about that. We'll come back and join us next week, and I hope you enjoy your day.